Raiders fans. You can be here for live NFL action all season long. As the official ticket marketplace of the Las Vegas Raiders in the NFL, Ticketmaster is a wide selection of tickets so you never miss a single play. Whether you're cheering on the Raiders at home or away, find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Raiders. Having the time of your life is more rewarding than ever when you visit any MGM Rewards destination nationwide. With MGM Rewards, dine, stay, play, and earn on all of it. Get details at MGMRewards.com. Subject to earning and redemption limitations applicable to certain purchases and in certain states. Please gamble responsibly. You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Hey, Raider Nation, what's up? Jesse Merrick here, hosting Upon Further Review again for our guy, Eddie Pascal. This show brought to you by the fine folks at Coors Light. It's been a lot of fun hopping in the seat here, riding shotgun for this thing while Eddie's away. Uh, obviously, we got a fun show, you know, coming your way for you guys. Uh, we got the voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz, on to talk kind of all things draft, offseason, free agency signing, uh, you know, and just kind of his take on the offense and defense. Now, when you look at all the moves that the Raiders have made wholesale and kind of what it means for them moving forward, you know, this is a guy that's uh, been up in the booth seen every single game just like me and, and brings a different perspective you know sitting up there with Lincoln Kennedy the former Raider uh, you know so he, he provides some really awesome insight uh, picks a couple of the guys from the draft that he really likes that he's kind of gonna be watching so you know he's a guy that's a wealth of knowledge uh, pretty cool to have him back on here I know it's been a while since you guys in Raider Nation have heard his voice uh, always a good time when he hops on so we'll be getting to that in just a bit but as we always do you know first we got to start off with the transactions brought to you by shift for payments with that that guys, a handful of things actually going on here uh, in the coming weeks as I pull up our list of transactions. Uh, and we start, you know, on the 15th of May, they signed the third round pick Byron Young out of Alabama, also signed wide receiver Christian Wilkerson, and in a corresponding move, released Tyler Johnson. Uh, and for Christian, uh, Christian Wilkerson, I have a couple notes here uh, just on him and, and what he, uh, you know, has done in the past. He was actually an undrafted free agent that signed with the Titans initially, but spent the last three seasons with the Pats. Um, um, you know, played in four games, uh, had one start, four catches for 42 yards and two touchdowns. But this is a guy that was highly productive in college, but playing four years at Southeast Missouri State. He left the program as the all-time leader in catches, receiving yards, and TD. So this is a guy that obviously, you know, did some big things in college, uh, been in the league for a couple of years. He has the familiarity with the staff, having played with the Pats for the last handful of years. So they're coming in, maybe hoping to kind of unlock him a little bit and add him, you know, to that receiver room into that staple of guys back there. All also something cool here, they uh, announced four additions to the coaching staff for mandatory minicamp and training camp as part of the NFL's Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship Program. Now, this is a really cool program that helps develop coaches, helps them, you know, take steps further to, to getting a full-time coaching job in the NFL, you know, minority coaches, which is something we all know that the Raiders have a uh, very rich history of doing. So that's pretty cool stuff. I'm going to go through some of the names here. We got Corey Gill, Jamie Sharper, Troy Vincent Jr., and Matt Willis, one offensive coach and Torrey Gill. Two, two guys on the defensive side of the ball and Jamie Sharper and Troy Vincent Jr. And Matt Willis comes in as a special teams guy. Just a couple of quick hitting information on, on each of those guys. Uh, in terms of Torrey Gill, he's entering his second season as a grad assistant over at Oregon State. He previously was a GA at New Mexico State. So coming in, kind of really trying to dive in the NFL and soak up as much knowledge as he can to possibly get a job somewhere else in the league or maybe go back to college uh, at Oregon State with, with a much bigger, you know, more diverse uh, learning
innings experience from these guys. So really cool to see what happens with him. Jamie Sharper, he comes to the defense. He was actually the special teams coordinator and linebackers coach for the D.C. defenders in the XFL who actually played in the championship game against Arlington uh, recently. They came up short in that game. But again, a guy that's you know coming fresh off of coaching throughout the whole offseason there. So you're real curious to see kind of how he comes into the group uh, you know, and what he takes away with working with uh, you know the special teamers and the linebackers specifically because he's, he's tagged as a defensive guy. And Troy Vincent Jr., you guys may remember that name. Well, he's the son of NFL Executive VP of Football Ops, Troy Vincent. So comes in with a little bit of a legacy for him. So really getting his feet wet uh, in terms of that goes. And Matt uh, Willis, he's a guy that played wide receiver for seven years in the NFL for the Ravens, uh, some team in Denver. I don't know. We don't really talk about them and also the Lions as well. So uh, pretty cool to have those guys come in. Obviously, again, like we noted, Raiders, you know, the, the Raiders have always had a rich history of hiring, you know, diverse men and, uh, and women, you know, at many different levels throughout the organization. So that's something that's huge. They're continuing to grow the game in that regard and, and helping to add to the pool of candidates as, as, you know, we try to make that change for the better uh, among the coaching ranks. So you do have to love that. And it's cool to see them kind of add more, you know, skill uh, to the table here and see where they all go. And uh, if they can maybe join this staff full time, you know, after this, uh, this stint is done here as part of that Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship program. So good stuff there. And with that, guys, let's not waste any more time and get into our interview with the voice of the Raiders, Mr. Jason Horowitz. Jason, how we doing, my man? Jesse, I'm fantastic. Well deep into May. How about you? Ah, hey, same, man. I've been knee-deep in hockey. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and you know I welcome any opportunity to dive back into it and talk football. So I- I've been excited to have, hop back on the pod while Eddie's away on daddy duty. We were texting. Eddie and I were looking at, well, I'm looking at pictures. He was sending me pictures of the baby. Yeah. That's a good-looking baby, Heck dude. yeah, it's, it is. I mean, it's, it is a very good-looking five-week-old that he has there. Yeah. Um, and he said he's not sleeping, so he's, he's being <laughs> thrown right into the, into the fire right away. <laughs> yeah, he may not be at work, but he's still putting in plenty of work. I've been texting back and forth with him, too, and he said he's, he's more tired than he ever has been even at work. So uh, you got to love it doing the daddy thing. It's so cool, so fired up for him and the boss. So uh, really cool yeah. stuff. With you, though, I mean, like, what have you been up to, you know, since the season ended and everything like that? Well, so – Dove right into college basketball season, and uh, we got to the NCAA tournament, and I hosted the tournament for Westwood One, and uh, Final Four in Houston. We turned around and went right to the draft. So I, I host the NFL draft for Sirius XM NFL Radio. So uh, pick one through Mister Irrelevant is uh, <laughs> on uh, Channel Eighty Eight on Sirius XM is a lot of uh, a lot of in depth conversation, and to my analysts, it's a lot of sometimes I think I know what I'm talking about, and sometimes <laughs> I don't. And I let them roll with that, which is great. Um, no, but it's good. You know, it's it's weird. This is my first year where I've ever had an off season where I know, you know, the off season is pointing towards a team season. You know, I've never had yeah. that before. Every year I've ever covered college or pro football or any football for that matter, it's always been uh, covering a variety of games and a variety of teams. So this has been my first off season getting ready for one team and following all the stories and. It's, it's a nice change of pace. I like it. Oh, I can imagine. How long, out of curiosity, did it take your voice to recover from day one through day three, all those picks? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, it's not like I'm talking through every pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, you know, it's actually, I think I talk more during the NCAA tournament because we're bouncing people around from site uh, to site. And between the hour pregame show and the hour and a half postgame show, and however much basketball is playing in between on day one, two, three, and four, um, that usually takes a couple of days of like, leave me alone. Don't talk to me. <laughs> uh, no, the draft was good. And, and it got home Saturday night for, uh, 
for uh, fourth grade softball Sunday bright and early. There you go. See, good dad, and he gets the work done as well. you got to <laughs> love that. With that, let's start with the draft, man, and specifically, obviously, with the Raiders. You know, what was your takeaway uh, from the draft and the Hall of Picks that they left with? Yeah. So I like it. Um, you know, I, I think, obviously, this is dependent upon – and this is the same for every franchise. It's dependent upon if they work out or not, right? Yeah. But if Tyree Wilson is what everyone's writing about and seems to be, uh, and, and that ceiling is even higher, that with Max Crosby for a long time is a recipe for success. Um, you, you come back around and, and you go with a tight end that I know they really liked and a lot of people, at least through the process, were high on. Obviously, a position of need. Yes, the signing of Hooper and O.J. Howard, but those are shorter deals. Right. So you bring in Michael Mayer for the long term and a different type of guy from the other two. So I think that's great. Um, I'm a big fan of Christopher Smith, right? Covering college football the, the way that I have for the last few years. He, you know, again, you never know with a fifth rounder, but Nate Hobbs was a fifth rounder, right? Exactly. He was our best cornerback when healthy last year. So, and hopefully for a long time to come. Uh, but Christopher Smith, when you watch him play at Georgia, obviously they have a lot of professional guys and they're all on the Eagles, but, <laughs> but, uh, but he was always around and making really intelligent plays. You know, you go back to, I don't remember what game it was, but it was a, a block kick, uh, field goal. And he was the only one that knew you pick it up and run with it. Yeah. And they scored, uh, you go back to the national championship game against Alabama. He's leading the way for the game winning or game ceiling interception return for a touchdown so he's a guy that i think there's a lot of things to like about hopefully it works out um you know i they were big really high on tucker mm -hmm. you know i think a lot of people were surprised that there was a wide receiver in the third round that they went for particularly with the amount of receivers that were signed this offseason and obviously they're not going to all make the roster because there's a lot more than yeah uh, there's a lot more than five or six wide receivers who they've signed here this offseason including this last week um but you go draft a receiver in the third round, there's clearly a reason why. And it's all about the explosive traits and they're really high on him. And, and hopefully that's something that makes a difference. Yeah, no, 100%. And so kind of with that, I mean, you obviously talked a lot about Smith. And for me, kind of wholesale takeaway from the draft, they get a lot of guys that had a lot of ball production in college, a lot of starts, you know, guys with experience. And that's something we've seen in the two drafts thus far with this, uh, you know, management coming in here. Uh, yeah. I'm curious, is there a favorite of the picks there? Maybe it's Chris Smith, maybe it's someone else. One that just really stood out to you where you're like, I'm really curious to see how this guy pans out. Well, I, I mean, it's a hit or miss thing, right? I mean, so I'm going to go away from the first couple rounds because yeah. the first couple rounds are names. I mean, we the draft as a whole is so saturated that by the time we actually get to the draft, anyone who follows football, whether you know anybody beforehand or not, like you feel like you knew Tyree Wilson his entire college career. Yeah. And let's be honest, most people didn't watch a lot of Texas Tech play <laughs> throughout the course of the last couple of years. But you know that he led the Big 12 and plays behind the line of scrimmage because it's talked about so much. And, you know, how is a Texas Tech defensive player that in the top 10? And, and we're going to find out, right? But I'm going to go away from those guys. And um, I got a chance to meet Aiden O'Connell a couple of times mm. over the last couple of years working for Big Ten Network, both radio and television side. And um, there is a lot of specialness there. Now, I know people have talked about his, in, not his inability to move, yeah. uh, his, his inability. He's not fast. He doesn't have the strongest arm, all of that stuff. Um, but you talk to Jeff Brom, there is a massive leadership quality there for a guy that was an eighth-string walk-on quarterback um, to become one of the best in Purdue history. Yeah. And, you know, you, you talk about the history of Purdue football. You're talking about Drew Brees. You're talking about Kyle Orton. You go back to Gary Danielson. There's much more than that. Uh, and, and you talk about Aiden O'Connell completing over 70% of his passes 
but but people are like, well, yeah, but David Bell was there. He's an All-American receiver. He's gone. What's going to happen? He goes in the third round of the Browns last year, and he turns around and he gets a high school teammate who had never caught more than, I think, what, 15 passes or whatever it was for Charlie Jones, and he turns him into an All-American. Yeah. So I, there's a lot to like with Aiden O'Connell. It's a fourth-round quarterback, so expectations are whatever they're going to be. And and there's a lot to like about that kid, and 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 we'll see what happens. Yeah, I always laugh with quarterbacks, you know, when people are like, oh, well, he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. And then it's like you get a guy that was the most accurate passer in the history of Purdue football, and it's like, well, well I don't know. And, like, what's the number one job of a quarterback is to put the ball That's on right. the numbers. That's right, throw people open. Yeah. That's the thing. He, there, there's um, – I, I don't remember who it was who said this a couple of weeks ago, but there's a guy who works with quarterbacks, high school, college, and, and a lot of them who are now in the pros, and said there's like 20 quarterbacks in the pros who he's worked with who can't throw guys open. Yeah, and Aiden O'Connell is as good at throwing guys open as which it just means he's in, he's he's anticipating, he's yes. putting in the work. Like if you're overcoming for not having a strong arm or being able to escape the pocket, you're doing something right. And and there's obviously a lot that he does right. Hundred percent. And obviously we hear about the release and everything. Not to try and compare him to Tom Brady, but the the fact that the release reminded Let's not Josh do that. Daniels. Yeah, no, we don't want to put the pressure on the kids. <laughs> is he officially? But, you know. <laughs> is he officially our boss yet? Is he officially one of our our, our owners? Is that yeah, not who yet? Knows? Right? <laughs> who knows? Not not yet. Who knows? We'll, we'll see how all that pans out. But uh, you know, so obviously the draft is cool because you know you leave that with you know a, a stable of players, new talent kind of ejected into things. When you pair that with the moves made in free agency, like. Like, what's your take kind of wholesale on everything that was done in the offseason? Um, you know, I, I think a lot of a lot of experience, right? They're bringing a lot of experience. I think I think if you go back to what everyone, we all talked about in January and February, hey, what are the biggest things that the Raiders need to address? The first and foremost was the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, yeah. there was a question at quarterback, right? That's the obvious. Derek Carr wasn't being brought back. What was that going to be? Was it Aaron Rodgers? Was it somebody in the draft? Was it, and, and that answer was Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and you know, let's, let's all hope that pans out. He's won a lot of football games. He's taken teams very far into the playoffs before. So let's, let's hope that pans out. Um, and, and they'll figure out the long-term answer for that. But then beyond the quarterback spot, the real big picture was, would there be a, additions to the offensive line? So far, the answer to that has been no. They're happy with the guys that they are either bringing off of injury, re-signing to this roster. Um, and then what are they going to do on the defensive side of the ball? And they brought in a bunch of guys that they know in some form or fashion, whether it's players that Patrick Graham knew or players that maybe they knew from the Patriots or, or some guys who have had production like Jenkins in this league. Um, and then you go to the draft and a lot of the draft was on the defensive side of the ball. So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of unknown. Um, I think there's, there was clearly a, hey, we want to infuse offensive talent to help Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Myers, and, and signing tight ends, even though they traded there. Like, so there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, hey, this is going to be our stamp on this team, and it's going to work the way we want it to, or it's not. Yeah. And they're going to go down with or, or live with that. And I think that's, frankly, I think that's how you want to do it as a front office. No, I agree. And I think if you look at that kind of wholesale offensively, just in terms of the talent that they did out there, obviously we all know what Darren Waller is and what he provided to this team. Sure. But I think – wholesale with the pieces they brought in and who knows who ends up being on the roster you know when the season starts but I think you could make an argument that this offense is more talented than it was last year because of the weapons that he has at his disposal or the number of them I think really. so well a couple of things right let's not forget Matt Collins was never really an offensive weapon in his career and last year you know Derek Carr helped make him into yeah. a guy who was you know my 
nine-year-old daughter's favorite player. Now, part of that is because she met him on the field and was really taken by the fact that he wasn't wearing shoes. Yeah. But, but became, you know, a fan favorite and, you know, had a lot of really good moments last year. And and so I, I, I think there's some of that that goes to Derek's credit. I think some of that's the offensive credit. Um, it's also a team that Darren missed eight games. Hunter missed half the season. Um, and so you're bringing in a whole bunch of different guys. And these are, these are, these are our guys that we want to be this offense. And I don't know what that means yet. Right. You know, Josh Jacobs led the NFL in rushing. Yeah. We'll see how he can follow that up. Assuming he signs the, the franchise tag. Um, you know what Devonte Adams is, and that's going to be a hall of fame wide receiver. And the rest of those parts, let's see what happens. Jacoby Myers was on a team where he kind of had to be part A for Mac Jones. He doesn't have to be part A. He has to be part B. And and that's, I think, a very different role and something I think he's going to succeed in. And the question is the tight end group. Austin Hooper is a two-time Pro Bowl. O.J. Howard's a former top 20 pick. These are guys that have had success mm-hmm. in the NFL. Let's see if they can recreate that. 100%, man. I think it's so many people that aren't necessarily – it's not just all Devontae. There's so many other pieces that can be moved in here. And even if it was just Devontae, I think we can all agree. Like, he's pretty good at football. That's a heck of a piece. Exactly. That's so, a really good piece. Yeah, so last one for me here. Let's jump onto the other side of the ball here defensively. Obviously, we talked about the fact that that was where a lot of the need was. So, you know, looking at everything that happened from, you know, the end of the season till now, what do you yeah. think kind of the story is defensively and how this group kind of builds off of uh, the foundation they maybe tried to build last year? So there's a couple of pieces that I think they, you know, definitely need to replace, right? Denzel Perriman not re-signing him and him going to the Texans. I know he got hurt at the end of the year. There were a lot of big plays that he made when healthy. Yeah. He did miss a bunch of time at different times of the year and then missed the end of the year. But when healthy, he made a bunch of different plays. But I think there's one guy that we forget sometimes last year um, was playing pretty well until he got hurt. And that was Divine Diablo. You know, I think when, when we all speak about the linebacking core and how badly they needed to address that, I think a lot of people forgot about the fact that um, I don't remember specifically what the number was when he got hurt, but he was top seven, top eight in the NFL in tackles. He was yeah. all over the field. Now, will his coverage skills improve? Will they be able to cover the middle of the field? How will they handle that? Is Marcus Epps the answer there? You know, there's a lot of those question marks that mm-hmm. I think that only time will tell, and we'll have a good idea once we get through September and, and into early October. Um but it's a different defense. And then I think you also go back and you're like, hey, there's a couple of guys that weren't supposed to be uh, pieces to this team that were. And then see what happens go from year one to year two. And that's that's Luke Masterson and Sam Webb. Yeah. Right? Sam Webb had a couple of really good games. Luke Masterson came in because they needed him to and, 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 and played really well. So that doesn't even take into account how good of a run stopper Robert Spillane is. And now he steps oh, yeah. into a different role because they bring him in. So there's a lot of parts to all this. The question mark is still going to be, can they cover over the middle? Can they get a stop when they have to, right? And that's, you know, that's the question mark of who's going to be the opposite part for Max Crosby, right? You hope it's a resurgence for Chandler Jones or it's Tyree Wilson or somebody else. Can they get pressure up the middle? Because that was a struggle last year. And then can they get off the field on third down? Uh, And if the answer to half of those questions are yes, Six and 11 is who knows what that turns into. Exactly. I'm real curious to see what the progression looks like on that side of the ball. And, you know, maybe a guy like Byron Young is one who pops coming out of the third round, Yeah. Uh, you know, along that defensive line. So with that, Jason, we'll wrap it up. We appreciate you joining us. But quickly, if Raider Nation is trying to hear your voice, because I know this is the first time we've had you in the pod, where can they find you? What are you up to in the next couple months here? So I'm still doing shows on SiriusXM. The schedule varies week to week, but we're still over on SiriusXM 84, which is a college sports radio. And uh, the answer is they can also hear me wherever we get to Raider Nation Radio with 
with Q and and, yeah. and the boys in, in the morning and the uh, and and JT. So, um, but you also just may want to put the Chandler Jones call on loop on your phone, and then you just hear that. <laughs> I would so I would one hundred percent do that. Yeah, Raider Nation probably listens to that as they go to bed, or maybe in the morning that gets them hyped. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if I could recreate the, that voice crack if I try. I, I don't know that I'll ever actually be able to re- maybe listen to the Josh Jacobs touchdown call instead. To that <laughs> Legendary stuff, man. We appreciate the time <laughs> as always, Jason. Can't wait to hear you back on the airwaves talking Raiders football during the season again, man. All right, man. Great to see you. All right, good stuff there with Jason. Always love catching up with that guy. It's hard not to be happy when he's around. I always see him up in the press box, you know, always comments on the suits and everything. Even before we started the interview, he's like, hey, where's the plaid suit? Because, uh, you know, my boss and I, Brian, we like to have a good time with that stuff. Obviously, keeping it casual in the polo for you guys that are watching this thing. But uh, no doubt a good time chatting, chatting with him and chopping it up with him. He, he's a good dude, that's for sure. Um, you know, uh, my big takeaway from that, you know, just as we talk about specifically with the draft, you know, he talked a lot about Chris Smith. Uh, that's a guy that I think a lot of people are very high on. Dave Ziegler said after they went and got him, he got a text from a couple of GMs and execs around the league. They're like, man, you got a good one. Uh, you know, another guy that's, you know, one got the football IQ. You hear Jason talk about the fact that, you know, he was the only guy that knew you could pick that one up and go and run with it there on special teams. So, uh, you know, a heads up player that's played a ton of football for a team that's pretty good. Uh, you know, one of the guys that got away from the Eagles. So I wonder if it was the Eagles that maybe texted him uh, and Howie Roseman and those guys over there saying, hey, you got you got one of the guys we were targeted. But uh, definitely a good, good dude to add into that defensive back room. Uh, real curious to see what his development looks like. Uh, and again, excited to see Jason hop back on the airwaves, man. Uh, like I said, he, he's really dove into that role and taken ownership of it. So good stuff with that. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Like I said, always enjoy uh, chatting it up with him. And with that, guys, it's time. You know, we got to crack some cold ones. Ray, hit him with the sounder right there. Yep. All right, guys. And now with this, uh, we were talking about this, man. It, my, my day job keeps me busy over there at News 3. And right now, this time of year, we are talking a lot of Vegas Golden Knights as they are knee-deep in the playoffs. They're starting the Western Conference Finals on Friday. Uh, you know, So we got to crack one open for the Golden Knights and head coach Bruce Cassidy, the run that they've gone on. It's been really incredible to see this team kind of build and grow. They've done it with, I believe, uh, four or five different goalies throughout the season, had a lot of injury issues there, uh, maybe specific specifically adding another cold one. I know I told Ray I was just going to do one on this one, but you could open up a whole six-pack just like we saw Q do just for the many guys on this Vegas Golden Knights team. But in particular, Aiden Hill, the goalie who stepped in when Loren Brassois went down with injury. I mean, he came in, played incredible hockey, uh, was standing on his head there uh, in this last game against the Edmonton Oilers when they shut him down. I believe made 39 straight saves after allowing goals on the first two shots. So kudos to him and the rest of the Golden Knights. These cores lights are for you guys. Obviously, put them to the wayside because uh, you know they've dropped the puck on game one on Friday but no doubt guys going to be keeping an eye on them uh, as they continue to hopefully make a run to the Stanley Cup final like they did in year one and try and get this thing going but very impressive obviously the Raiders and Raider Nation will be following along as well as our local team here is doing big things so with that guys that is all we got for you on the show uh, today now we will be back next week next Thursday I'll be hosting that show uh, episode should be dropping on the 25th um, you know and we got a lot coming your way guys 
as the offseason is uh, rolling right along, OTAs, they get rolling uh, on the 23rd. You know, there's a couple phases in this one, uh, May 22nd to the 23rd, OTAs, that's when, you know, guys jump out there and you really get to see them start to lay the framework and, and put some work in there. And that's going to be everybody. Obviously, we know it's optional, but they're always highly attended, uh, you know, here in Vegas, uh, you know, since the Raiders have moved here. Um, you expect to see guys like Devontae and Jimmy G obviously involved and start to kind of build the foundation uh, for what this team is going to be moving forward and really start to build their rapport as well as they both to fig- uh, try and figure out kind of what each other is about, you know, and how to grow this uh, this team and take that next step uh, as they look to, you know, get back to the playoffs next season. So OTAs is going to be excited, exciting, obviously going to be fun to catch up with a couple of the guys throughout that time as well, uh, you know, and get a look at some of those guys in silver and black. The social team obviously does a great job or at least little teaser videos and things like that to whet your guys' appetite as we all cannot wait till the season officially gets going. But uh, little OTAs and things like that in the offseason will, will keep you satisfied till then. Now with that, guys, like I said, I'll see you next Thursday. In the meantime, take it easy, have a good one, and we will catch you later here on Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Raiders fans, you can be here for live NFL action all season long. As the official ticket marketplace of the Las Vegas Raiders in the NFL, Ticketmaster is a wide selection of tickets so you never miss a single play. Whether you're cheering on the Raiders at home or away, find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Raiders. Having the time of your life is more rewarding than ever when you visit any MGM Rewards destination nationwide. With MGM Rewards, dine, stay, play, and earn on all of it. Get details at MGMRewards.com. Subject to earning and redemption limitations applicable to certain purchases and in certain states. Please gamble responsibly.